0: endearing the audience to your character through relatability and the thing the example that i want to use is spider-man into the spider-verse which you don't know this about me yet but i am a huge spider fan uh i mean of spider-man and i genuinely think that spiders are cool even though my husband and daughter both hate them so i'm the one that like grabs the spider and takes them outside to rescue them, right? Okay, that's my role in my family. But I've been a huge Spider-Man fan since I was young. Uh, I got my start into the Marvel Universe through the X-Men cartoon in the 90s, and also there was a Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s. And I was an avid watcher of both of those shows. And Spider-Man is one of those characters that is extremely relatable, he has a lot of struggles, fears, insecurities. Uh, he has people that he loves. He loses his uncle. Um, he experiences a lot of grief as well. There are so many nuances to Spider-Man, to Peter Parker as a character. But one of the things that I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised by when I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was that Miles Morales is all of the things you ever wanted Spider-Man to be and so much more. And what I want to talk about specifically is how the creators of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse create such a relatable character in Miles Morales and not just a relatable character, but um, also representation in the Marvel Universe, which is a pure delight And one of the new things that I'm doing when I record this podcast is that I put my AirPods in on transparency mode under my giant headphones so I can hear my voice, but I can also hear music. And of course, for today's post, I'm listening to Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. As I've mentioned before, I'm super white and... I, I don't always know how to pronounce things properly, you guys, so I'm sorry for that. Um, I wanted to... I've been basically wanting to podcast about this since before I even started Expensive Words Podcast, because I have watched the intro to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse like 20, 30, 40, some, some obscene amount of times, because I love it so much, and I want to help you understand the steps that the creators are taking in order to make you suddenly feel like miles is your new favorite Spider-Man. And I watched, uh, all my kids kind of go from loving the Tom Holland Spider-Man, which is, he's amazing. I love him. He is probably my favorite Spider-Man ever. Um, to wanting to have all the miles Morales, Spider-Man action figures and, uh, explore that world and of course we have spider Gwen because I have two girls and I have some of the comics but it was just really cool watching them reimagine spider-man along with the creators and I wanted to break down how did these amazing filmmakers and professional storytellers get us so involved in Miles's character and so if you watch the first you know few minutes of the film. You're going to notice that there's like a short setup where for all of the Spider fans, such as myself, um, there's a little like montage where Chris Pine, who also is Captain Kirk, right? He plays the voice of the OG Spider-Man in this universe where Miles lives. And he's talking about all the things, you know, we know that he lost his Uncle Ben, he's in love with Mary Jane, he's fighting all these bad guys, and he did this weird, awkward dance, which I'm not going to explain too much about that, but I was, like, cringing, but with joy when I saw that part, because I'm like, yes, please, let's not ignore that this weirdness happened. Uh, And then he says that he's the one and only Spider-Man. And right after that, we cut to a scene of this young boy, who we don't know who he is. We know that he's drawing graffiti art in his notebook. And he's listening to Sunflower. And he's doing this adorable, amazing thing where he doesn't know all the lyrics, right? Because honestly, I tried, I tried to learn the lyrics to the song just to see how simple it would be to do it. And it's not simple. And I'm a very musically minded person. Uh, i I sing, I play the piano, all that kind of stuff. And I still was like, I can't do this. And so I found myself doing the thing that Miles does in the film where he has his headphones on and you he's all he can hear is the music. He's he's enveloped into that, right? All that's all that he's conscious of in that moment is his art that he's creating and his music that he's listening to. And he's singing along, but he doesn't know all the words. And so he's like, "Hmm, hmm, say, uh, hmm, eh." and it's amazing. I can't do any more than that for copyright reasons, but that is the magic because what is he showing you in that scene? He's showing you, I have passions. I have things that are important to me. And I don't know all the words to this song that I'm obsessed with. And I'm just like you in that because we all do that, don't we? We're, we have a song that we like but we might not know all the songs We're like we might say the wrong lyrics lyrics instead of like electric boots right electric boobs we you know and Benny and the Jets we've all been there and so this is something that is completely endearing and then you see that he like the relatability is already off the charts in that moment but the story the storyteller's aren't done they go into he's not packed His dad's yelling at him. He's pretending like he's done something that he hasn't done. So he's pretending to do something that he hasn't done. And I know that we're all, I mean, at least I have been very guilty of that. Where I'm like, oh, no, no, mom. I started my laundry. No big deal. I'm folding it right now. And so you see that he's packing. You don't know what he's packing for. But his dad's offering to drive him. And he's like, I don't want to ride, dad. I'm just going to walk. And then he starts to eat some of his moms, whatever she's cooking, it looks amazing. Uh, And you see this contrast between what his parents do and say and what he does and says. And it's just very relatable in the fact that that is a common type of interaction between parents and children. And like when he's eating the, the food that his mom is making, She's like, hurry up, hurry up. And he's like, oh no, just give me one minute. But then when he's on the porch, she's kissing him and he's like, hurry up. And she's like, just one minute, you know? And so it's that playful back and forth, but it's also that insane relatability of um, this character's like you. And Miles Morales feels like a character that's more like what the world is dealing with right now than Peter Parker. And... Listen, I I love Peter Parker, but I think that it's so great to have a character who's half black, half Latino, who is bilingual. That is awesome. And someone who's struggling with figuring out who he is and who his parents are. Because we see very quickly that he has a hard time relating to his dad in that, he's passionate about his art, right? So he makes these stickers that he puts all over town and his dad gets mad about that. And he's like, you're going to go take them all off. And his dad says to him, well, who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like me? Or do you want to be like your Uncle Aaron? And if you're guessing that Uncle Aaron is uh, a parallel to Uncle Ben, you're right in some ways, but also the creators of the story of Miles Morales the comic artists and writers, they do this twist on the trope where Uncle Aaron is not actually like Uncle Ben in different ways. And, okay, can I just say, if you haven't seen this film yet, please stop the podcast right now. I know I'm not supposed to tell you to stop listening to a podcast mid-podcast, but you have to go watch this film. And I don't want to give you any spoilers because watching this film for the first time was a amazing moment in that it blew away all my expectations, but it it was also, uh, m- we took our kids, and we took my husband's aunt, and it was her first animated movie that she's seen in the movie theater ever, ever, and she was blown away, and it was so cool to share that experience with her, so just pause it, go, if you have a Netflix account, go watch Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, And if you don't have a Netflix account, get, like, a trial so you can watch this film. I promise you will not be sorry. It is amazing. This is one of those films that I would say, if you like comic characters, if you like superhero tropes, you should just buy it. um, Because you won't be disappointed. And so there's this moment with Miles and his dad. And his dad is saying, who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like me? Or do you want to be like your Uncle Aaron? And Miles is like, Uncle Aaron's a good guy. And as we're going to find out, this is a spoiler, so remember what I said. Turn it off if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, His Uncle Aaron is not a good guy. His Uncle Aaron is a bad guy. And there's this innocence in Miles that he doesn't understand that, but I have to think as an adult that his dad, that Miles' dad does know that his brother is off and there's something wrong because not only is... He an adult, he's also a police officer. And so he has those instincts to look for those suspicious activities. So these are the things that the storytellers are doing to make you love Miles. Okay? They're making you think that he's just like you. They're making you think that he's not understood by his parents, that he doesn't completely understand himself, and that he's just a fun-loving teenage boy who's at the cusp of trying to figure out what life is and that's a relatable experience for everyone on this planet Uh, even younger kids can understand what they see miles going through and it's just one of the most clever things a storyteller can do because if you can use relatability to endear the reader to your main character they are going to be so much more in that brain space of, I'm the one in the story, which is something that we want. I mean, there's this. We can use it for good or evil, right? We can show people that they have the capability for bravery in this case with Miles Morales, or if we're putting our our uh, our reader into the brain of uh, a, a protagonist that's actually a villain, right? then we can show them that they have the propensity to do great evil. I believe that everyone has the ability to do amazing, positive things, and that everyone also can do the most horrible things in the world. I think that I'm capable of murder, you know, if I, if I don't choose to do the right thing. And that's going to lead me into a little segue on the Iron Giant, where Hogarth says... The Iron Giant is another animated film, which you absolutely should watch. It is one of my favorite things ever. If you've seen any of my YouTube videos or you've taken any of my classes, you see that in my studio I have uh, a paper art piece of The Iron Giant that I made. And it has a quote, I'm leaning to to read the quote, uh, from Hogarth. And it says, you are who you choose to be. Uh, and if you haven't seen the film yet, that's I'm not going to do any spoilers, but this is a film that is inherently about choosing to be other than what you were created specifically for. And that's the same theme that we see in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And it's a universal theme. It's something that readers can get on board with. And this is a magic moment for you to understand that you are able to relate to the character in very nuanced ways and that's going to endear you to the, to the main character, to the protagonist, and they, you're going to root for them. And that's what you want. And so maybe at the beginning of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we don't see that the stakes are the whole world can end. And that's, that's, the, that's the stakes. And those are the stakes in this case. I'm not going to tell you one way or the other what happens, uh, but hopefully you went and watched the film by now. But that is the premise that the world can end if Miles doesn't do something. But at the beginning, we don't know that those are the stakes for the whole story, but we know what's at stake for Miles. The stakes are he doesn't know who he is, and he's trying to figure out who he is, and he's at a school where he doesn't know people. He's trying to make friends. These are a lot of the themes that I wrote about when I wrote the story filters course. And I talked about Olive, who was my main character. And I. those were her stakes, right? That she was going to a new school. That she didn't have any friends. And if you've ever been in that position, and I have, and it's awful, then you can relate to how scared Miles feels. And you can relate to how he's pretending like it's no big thing to leave home and leave his super cute and wonderful mom and his loving and uh you know overbearing dad and go be in a place with strangers. And that's something that really resonate it resonated with me personally because I've been through a similar circumstance where I had to go to a new school and I didn't know anyone and I was in middle school. And so It's something that people can hold on to and it's going to propel them forward in the story. So if you can give your main character, your protagonist, uh, some kind of relatable quality or situation that's going to endear the reader to them, the reader is going to race through your book. The reader is going to thank you for giving them the precious gift that is a relatable character that they can root for, because that's what readers want. That is why they're picking up the book, right? And so for me, if I was going to write a story like this about Miles, I would be using my expensive words, because that's an experience I had, you know, a similar experience to Miles. And it was really hard. And I'm sure that if you and I were able to sit down and talk with the writer's for this film, that they would say that it was some personal experience that prompted them to write it this way. Uh, Not just the film, but also the origin story for Miles Morales, right, for those writers. And that's one of the interesting things about the way that we have interaction with media now is I can read a comic about Miles Morales, I can go see a film, a feature film about him, And the way that the different writers interact with the story creates something unique each time and creates something expensive each time in that they're contributing their own individual experiences. So this is a good example. This is a good lesson for us that we should seek to find relatable and adorable things like Miles Morales with his headphones on not knowing all the words to Sunflower and drawing in his art notebook that we should seek these moments out and share them with the audience, with our readers early on, because these are intensely relatable and they will capture the reader and it's a great opportunity. And you know what else? You have to use expensive words to write this kind of character because if you fake it, the reader will know every time because the depth that you're searching for can only come from life experience. And if you're a younger writer and you feel like, I just said that you can't write well until you're older, no, that's not true. You have worthy. You have important experiences that you have gone through in your life already and you just need to think about them. And if you feel like, I want to write this character this way, and I haven't experienced this, you know what you can do? Interview older people. Interview other people. Talk to someone who has gone through what your character is going to go through. Make sure you record the interview. Make sure you take notes. And you're going to gain such tremendous depth from their experience. And it's going to translate into your story. And your readers are going to love it. They're going to love it. So that's the main thing for today. Uh I know I promised I was going to start I was going to start working on Ava's book and telling you about that, but I've realized that it's going to take me a lot longer than I initially thought to understand race relations in the United States historically. And so I have quite a large pile of books that I need to read and uh, movies to watch and interviews to listen to. So that's going to be on the back burner until I feel like I have thoroughly researched it enough to do this story justice. And in the meantime, I'm going to try to write to market something that I also love, but I probably wouldn't have thought to write on my own without researching what kind of book is in high demand right now. And so I'm just going to tell you uh, that I'm working on a project about a door that leads to another time and maybe another dimension. Who knows? Because I found through my research that that's a marketable book right now. And I love to write about time travel. I love to write about experiencing new worlds. And uh, also, apparently, in this trope, I'm going to write about ex-law enforcement, which I can talk to my husband about, thankfully. And so I am going to be doing a challenge where I try to write this book in some crazy amount of time, and I'm going to record everything for you, and once I finish the book, I'm going to release all of those episodes so that you can hear my entire process from the beginning to the end, and then I'll do a launch review with you, my wonderful listener, so that you can understand my process, which hopefully will inspire you to continue in your process and discovering how you work well as a writer. So that's it for today. I hope you have a wonderful week, well, day, because I'm going to be trying to put out these episodes every day for a while because I'm learning how to employ ClickFunnels and everyone in that community will understand what I'm saying when I need to do what Russell says. So I'm doing a 70-day podcast challenge where I'm putting out something every day, at least every day. And I can't wait to go on this journey with you. I can't wait to pour out all of my literature knowledge into your wonderful ears. Happy writing. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer, and I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.